Welcome back to Steelcast. It's been a few weeks since the last episode, but in the meantime, Tata Steel has been exhibiting at Grand Designs in London with its building products business, Katnik. So we took the opportunity to catch up with the team at the Katnik stand to talk about a new partnership with a company called Matrix Structures, who are creating modular buildings that are not only low energy and recyclable, but also reusable. Here's when we caught up with Managing Director, Phil Bagnall. The latest series of Steelcast podcasts has been about sustainability and decarbonisation. We've talked uh, a lot about the big picture, some of the simple stuff about uh, what's what's so bad about carbon. Um, we've talked about the differing technologies that are available to the steel industry, whether that's electric arc furnace, direct reduced iron, blast furnace, carbon capture, utilisation, storage. We've talked to our commercial colleagues about the pull from our markets and our customers for decarbonised products. And we've talked to some of the, the scientists through our, our R&D director, Sumitesh Das and Dave Worsley, uh, talking about the new technologies that steel enables uh, uh, to, to reduce the carbon Im- impact of steel, steel products in use and so on and so forth. And of course, we talked to Chris Williams then about the South Wales industrial cluster and, and, and collaboration. Um, now today we're, we're kind of getting down to the sharp end of, of sustainability in that uh, we've come to uh, a consumer exhibition, Grand Designs it's called, in the XL in London, um, and it's full of builders, building merchants, but also consumers. And that might be a surprise to some of the listeners to say, why is Tata Steel at a Grand Designs exhibition? But uh, for those of you who don't know, part of Tata Steel in the UK is a business called Katnik. It's a very famous consumer brand, people will know it mostly for the lintels. Um, but Katnik is expanding its portfolio, it's, it's embracing the Calico Urban uh, products uh, from uh, Made in Shotton, but as part of its consumer offering, so it's going to be rebranded as Katnik Urban. Um, and that's a, a, a cladding product, it can be used for roofs and all sorts of things. But the other thing is, a reason for the podcast today, is Katnik has uh, this week announced a collaboration with a company called Matrix. And Matrix is a company that, uh, well, we'll find out a bit more about very shortly because I'm joined by Phil Bagnall from Matrix, who's going to tell us exactly what Matrix is, what they're displaying here today, and why it's a, a, a good thing for sustainable solutions using steel. So, Phil, thanks very much for joining us. I know we're in the middle of a busy thoroughfare here at the exhibition, so viewers will have to forgive the background noise. But Katnik and Matrix are here, Grand Designs, together. Tell us a bit about what the product is that you're promoting and what's so special about it? Okay, um, what we're promoting or what we've got at Grand Designs is um, a garden home office, but it also uh, can double up or be used as a extension, single story extension at the moment. So um, what we're looking at producing or putting into the market between us is a very, very high quality uh, garden home office or extension with a um, steel frame inside and out. Um, which is cover cold bridging, which is what our system does, so we don't get cold transfer. And uh, this is what we brought to the show for, for people to look at, at um, purchasing and setting up in their gardens as offices or extensions. And it is quite a difficult thing to describe on a podcast because you can't see it, but for those who are interested and want to have a look at it, you know, maybe go onto the Tartsteel UK Facebook page, and we did a Facebook Live video uh, not very long ago, and you'll hear Phil talk about it there. But effectively what we're sitting here looking at is, a, is as Phil described, what might be a, a, an extension, a house extension or a garden room 
Um, and so this is, but it's a modern method of construction. So this is not, um, you know, a, a brick built or block built or timber built thing. This is a steel, I, I hesitate to say framed, because it's not, it's, it's, it's individual frames that are put together in a modular way, but off, the, the frames are made off site and then brought to a, to a house, house and then constructed there. Is that a good description of it? Phil? Yeah, that's right. It's a, it's a panelized system. So um, we've come up with a, um, a single panel system that we can make various different sizes and widths and different shapes in order to get to form an apex in a roof, for instance. Um, it's manufactured, as you say, in a factory. It's precision bent, so we work to absolute extreme tolerances that you would find in the car industry, not normally in the building industry. Yeah. Um, so. We work very, very accurately. We work to very tight jigs within our factory when our, our girls are assembling our panels. Yeah. And then basically everything's put together in the factory as a panel, then shipped to site either in a, a small van, a trailer. So the um, difficult areas to get to aren't a problem to us at all. Yeah, and to give people an idea of the size of these panels, these aren't sort of foot square panels, although I guess they could be above windows, but they're also not a panel that's the size of a house there you know the ones we're looking at now I guess are sort of 10 foot by 4 foot something like that yeah exactly the the panels at the back of the building are a 10 foot tall 4 foot wide and on the front of the building they're um, 8 foot tall 4 foot wide and then between the sides joining the two obviously they taper at the top so they come down from 10 foot down to the 8 foot within uh, an 8 foot space so but they're very bespoke and they can be handmade depending on the architect's designs Oh yes, we, we don't work to a grid system, so it's a panelised system that has no grid, um, so we can hit any design. Uh, at the moment, bending panels is a difficult to do, uh, you know, a nice curve around a window, mm. but we're working on that, and uh, even at the show, we may have broke through that. Yeah. Just talking to you, um, the Tata guys at the show here, wow. they may be able to help us do a bay window, for instance. Wow. with a steel panel yeah. wow that would be exciting. great wouldn't it yeah. so, and it's interesting that you said uh, something about you know and one of your guys earlier i was talking to said um you know we talked about the construction market but actually we we you guys in matrix have come from the engineering <coughs> sector uh, the automotive sector and, and you kind of looked at the construction sector and you went you know buildings aren't made like cars and maybe they should be mm. and there's some of that technology and you said about precision there that other industries have that you're trying to bring to the so there's, it's called self-build, but it's almost that end of the market, isn't it? Yes, that's right. Um, my brother and I, our background from school is um, something called air oil filtration. Right. So we're actually used to moving air, air or dirty air out of, a, out of a CNC machine, moving it through ducting and, um, and putting it through a filter system. So that's our background. Um, that's what we did for 20 years. Um, yeah. So following on from that, um, we worked at... The, the super accurate places such as your McLarens, your Williams, your Red Bulls, wow. uh, the Formula One teams, and um, Jaguar Land Rover and so on. And, and then we also saw like up at the Nissan plant, uh, mass production, where you'll have a car panel just thumped out every couple of seconds. Yeah, but it'll so, be perfect. Oh, it's perfect, <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, and I think, you know, as a consumer, of, of a house owner and consumer of builders, the idea of something coming to site that is millimeter perfect or sub millimeter perfect such that your doors fit your windows fit your roof fits everything bolts together yeah you know that sounds ideal is it I, i'm guessing the engineering behind it is a lot more complex than, than it, it can be um 
when we have a sheet change, a batch change on our steel, we'll we'll check the thickness and and because you'll buy steel at say 1.5 mil, but mm. it never comes at 1.5. Mm. It could be uh, 1.46 or 1.43, but that can affect a bend minutely, and we we try and work that accurately, so that when uh, my son or when our designers look at putting a building together, if the drawing or the diagram on the computer screen shows a millimetre gap, that's what we get on site. Right. And that's how we work, that's what we yeah. work to. Yeah, and again, it's quite difficult without pictures or without video to, to explain the, the detailed engineering in the design of the frames and how they clip together. That's the clever bit of it, isn't it? Because yes. it has to have not only structural integrity, and we'll come on to the sort of size of buildings that, that, that you think you can put together or are putting together, but it has to have that structural integrity, but it also, given the pressures on environment and climate change and energy costs at the moment, it has to be a solution that, that gives good uh, sort of environmental and energy performance as well. Yes. Um, with the, the, the panel that we've, we've come up with, um, the thickness that we've settled on for our panel is to achieve U values of 0.12. So um, we maintain 0.12 as a U value through our walls through our corners, through our junctions into our roof, through our roof, um, and everything uh, is where we aim for a U-value of 0.12 and an air tightness better than uh, 2.6. So we're a passive house standard, but we don't uh, certify, so um, because that costs tens of thousands of pounds to actually put everything through the certification, but yeah. we're quite happy to have a SAPS test done yeah. to, to certify that we're hitting those standards. Yeah. But the point is, I guess, is that you know, you're not just designing for today, you're designing for tomorrow and you're sort of be better than you need to be in terms of that insulation, the, the, the warmth in the house and stuff. And, I, and there's probably no better recommendation than the fact that I understand your system was used at the Swansea University Active Classroom yes. uh, as, as the base structure for all the other technologies there. How did you get together with Swansea? Um, that was through a, another organisation that we, we were working with and um, we used their system to, uh, to actually build the, the active classroom. Uh, that's a two-part system, so it was a, a single panel that was 79mm thick in steel and then magnesium oxide board each side. Then you would have a cavity of 100mm and then you would have a, a second panel. So you would, you would end up with a, a substantial, quite a thick wall but in two parts with a cavity. So my brother and I looked at um, reducing that, but then we had to overcome something called coal bridging. Right. So that's when you get a thermal transfer through steel. Yes. So we've got From steel. From the outside of the building to the inside so the of the building, inside which is of not the building. what you want. Yeah. So what happens is, is um, the cold on the outside transfers through the steel and to the inside, then you get things like condensation, damp, and so yeah. on. So we've overcome that. Um, so we've got a single panel steel frame system. So we've got a steel frame on the inside and the outside of our SIPS panel, if you like, structurally insulated panel. Yeah. But we've overcome cold bridging completely. Yeah, yeah, and that's really, really important. And like I say, no better recommendation than putting it in a in, in such a place as the Swansea University Active Buildings in terms of it's the technology of the of the future. But you know, the, the stuff we're using today, um, and it makes you wonder then. Given that here we are in 2022, an energy crisis, price of energy going up, everyone's energy bills, everyone's worrying about it. You know, systems like yours and the, and the levels of insulation that it offers, 
have got to be attractive for people who might not be able to afford to move house but they need more space, they want extensions. It's got to be one of the most attractive options, hasn't it? Yeah, um, yes, most definitely. Um, one of the, the big things that I was quite exci- not excited about, but one of the conversations I had most prior coming to the show was talking to people about things like garden home offices, is most people are having them built, they're insulated, they're advertised as in- insulated, and what's happening is, is they've got a nice garden home office in the outside of the, you know, in the garden. The, yeah. They look stunning. They yeah. really do. Some of these buildings look fantastic. Yeah. But they're finding it's costing that much to heat that they end up having the um, heating on in the house and in the garden home office. So they end up leaving the office and working still from the house. Yeah. Now we built two houses in uh, Ealing, and in the coldest November, um, I think it was 2019. The heating bill was £23, and that was a council house for that month. Of a house? Of a house, yeah. £23, yeah. Uh, £23 and, for the month. And today, I know we've got this garden room that we're sitting next to now, but that's, I guess, the other question is about saying, well, what is the potential of this? You know, what, I, I look at it and I think, well, what, what are the maximum spans you could have? How big a thing could you have two storeys? Could you make a house out of it? You've got some experience in some quite big projects already, Phil, so talk to us about some of those. Yes, we, we can build a house. Um, we can build uh, two storeys, we can build uh, two storeys and go into the loft space. Um, because our system is structurally designed the way it is, our loft space is completely open. Yeah. So I quite often get asked what my square metre price is. And the houses that we built, for instance, were 108 square metres. But I can go into the loft and without having to do any more work in the loft other than put windows in, I then create a 150 square meter house. So my cost per square meter is divided by 150 and not 108. And that really frustrates me. Um, For instance, we've just built a massive garden home office, 189 square meters. We completed the superstructure in uh, six days. We weren't allowed to go on site more than five hours. So it was, you know, uh, yeah, um, we we put it up very, very quickly. That's got superior U values to any other building that, you know, within the area. It's far superior to the guy's house. Um, And yeah, we built it very quickly into a very high standard and and he's finished it himself. And it is extraordinary, and 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 we will come on to the um, the, the bespokeness of these because I understand that you know the panels can be arm handmade currently, but people can finish it themselves, can't they? Um, and it's a great story about you know the sustainability and the energy efficiency of yep. the thing. But there's a term in the industry at the moment. I've been there maybe for a while. Gordon was talking to us earlier about modern methods of construction. It's this whole concept that you know rather than if you want to build an extension building house you kind of get builders in from day one and they start digging in the ground and then they build a few layers of bricks and they build up on a bit and eventually they get to put the girders on they put the roof on and then and then they plaster it and all that sort of stuff that's a understood and traditional way of building an extension or a garden green unless it's timber maybe but you but your your way of doing it, or modern methods of construction as it is called is about saying we can do all that off-site yes we're gonna do, we're gonna do all re- and we're just going to bring the bits to your house yes and then click them together almost isn't yes. it, your system yeah basically we we've developed or not really developed but we've we've produced tongue and groove in steel so we join um two panels together using a tongue and groove method which you typically use in timber but we do it in steel so it means we get steel to steel contact insulation to insulation contact 
but you're absolutely right. Because of the shape and, and the way our panels are made, we can, um, we can deliver in a, a car and trailer, sorry, a van and trailer, so transit van type vehicle, white van, trailer, um, and we can get anywhere. So it doesn't matter if there's a low bridge, it doesn't matter if there's a windy road. I always say you can now sell your view because we can build something really, really nice, as you say, really, really efficient, yeah. and we can build it anywhere. And the panels are quite light as well, because one of the things I would have looked at was, well, well, how do you, you know, where's the foundations? I know we're in an exhibition hall at the moment, so it's not a fair comparison, but because the panels are lighter than brick and block, for example, it doesn't require the same foundations, although you do have a clever system on which you, you mount all the panels, that's right, isn't it? Yeah, we've, we've, um, we've come up with a track system, so, you, you mentioned specific earlier on, that was built on a frame with screw piles. Right. So um, we, we, we can screw pile, so that means we screw, a, um, screw a, a, a screw into the ground and it's adjustable adjustable cap and then we put a steel frame on top of that and then we apply our frame, so it means we can be very, very accurate. We can also put um, a slab foundation down and then we, we apply our strap to that we get that millimetre perfect, or we can have a, uh, a line foundation, so point load around the outside of the area that we're going to be applying our panels, and then basically, again, we put our strap to that and we build from that. Yeah, and I guess the people people listening to the podcast or, or you know, may have seen the, the, the Facebook Live video may be saying, well, I can't quite get my head around the, the sort of structural integrity of something that's made out of panels. Cause I, you know, if I, I think of a brick and cement and, you know, you, you push against it and it's, and it's not going to move, and I, and I can't, part of me struggles to see how, how, how a modular uh, structure can be as rigid, maybe. Okay, um, for instance, one uh, analogy, if you like, if that's a word my brother uses, if you were to get a pack of cards and you fan them, so you run your fingers down them, they all, they all fan, don't they? They all part and, and fan. If you were to put a thin layer of glue between every card and put them together and apply some weight, <laughs> yeah. that would be as, and give it an hour, say, to set, that would be as hard as a brick. Yeah. And that's basically what we do. Yeah. We've got our steel frame that we make. Um, we then fix two frames together. So we've now got a, an open frame, so almost like a sash window. We then apply a solid block of insulation in the center. Yeah. We completely glue both sides completely so and then we apply our um, external sheet which might be magnesium oxide board yeah. um, or you know some other board and then we rivet that to the frame as well and that then because it's glued and riveted becomes our eight foot by four foot brick yeah and it is interesting because uh, and you know we have we have to sort of think about consumers' perceptions of this, but I remember quite many years ago, actually, I went to, to the Jaguar factory and they were making aluminium Jaguars. And I was like, well, yeah, how do you weld the aluminium? Because it's quite difficult to weld. And they said, yeah. we don't, we, we uh, glue it and pop rivet it. Yeah, that's like, right, yeah. I was like, really? Yeah, that's right, yeah. And they said to me, how do you think aeroplanes are made? Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, fine. If it's good enough for the aerospace industry, it's probably okay for the auto industry. And, and that, that engineering and science behind yeah. it is really important, yeah, isn't it, to right. give that confidence? Yeah, if you were to know how often um, Velcro, you know, the, the, the mm. material Velcro, how often that was used, and <laughs> double-sided sticky tape, yeah, there's a lot of things you wouldn't do. Yeah, and I guess the other thing, kind of thinking out loud a bit now, is that, you know, maybe brick and block can sometimes in in areas where there's um, ground movement you know like um, um, 
earthquakes and things like that when they're designing buildings. They have to make them earthquake proof. Sometimes that brick and rock can be too, too stiff and too, too rigid. Solid. Yeah, it too rigid. Yeah, yeah, yeah it won't yeah. move. So we're we're just developing the system at the moment to to be what we call three dimensional. Um, when we go three-dimensional, we'll create cubes. Cubes are very, very strong, so yes. that means the floor can become a wall, can become the roof, and so on. Yeah. So you can actually roll it. Yeah. Um, we're very, very close to sorting that out, and once we've done that, then moving into high wind zones, hurricanes, things like that, earthquake. Um, yeah. There is a... It's no good. It doesn't work on the radio, but for <laughs> instance, if you were to put your mobile phone on the side of your kitchen table, yeah. And, and just hold it there, completely supported, then you move it an inch over and take the floor away, the mobile phone has stayed up. Yeah. And that's because the rest of the building has supported yeah, it because yeah. it's three-dimensional. Okay, yeah. So, you, um, so if you imagine that floor falling away in an earthquake, or yeah. then yeah, yeah. that's exactly what happens. There, yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting we talk about different parts of the world and that, uh, as that example. But also, we've talked about the you know the energy efficiency and the potential for technologies like Dave Worsley talks about photovoltaic coatings, and he's talking about you know in developing countries uh, away from conurbations maybe is the ability to create housing for uh, you know for the poorer communities in the world and to solve um, energy poverty and stuff. You know, is that it? Might be a long way away, but. You know, the world's your oyster almost in some of this technology because I know you talked earlier about the simplicity of build didn't you and, and how yeah. that might apply in, in some of these places as well yeah what we I, I demonstrated to you how I could build or how I could build a wall without using any tools so I can I can build a, a full wall and I don't need any tools at all and as I described to Tata I just need to something to protect my hand which at that time could be a brick, because yeah. like I said yeah. to you, I didn't want to say that we used a hammer, yeah. for instance. Yeah. But I, I honestly believe, and I've got a lot of interest from, uh, from overseas, um, where I would like to be able to offer our technology for them to actually build the cells and work with us yeah. and, and set up manufacturing facilities or assembly facilities all over the world to be able to do this because yeah. it's and, and I want to do the same in the UK and it's and it's a, it's a massive topic and we could probably talk all day about you know but the sustainability thing is so big it's big in the steel industry it's big in the construction yeah. industry and you've talked about the U values of your system and the, the, the minimal need for heating and so forth but the other thing that uh, fascinated me when we were talking earlier because obviously from being from Tata Steel myself or interested in the steel components and I was saying well of course you know, the steel in your buildings is also recyclable when it comes to the end of its life. You said, but, you, but there's another solution apart from knocking it down and recycling. There's something else you can do. Tell us that yeah, story. Well, we can actually take the panel away for one. And the garden room that's to, to the right of us, um, it's a garden room now, but um, we don't, our panel can be anything. It, start, it sits in the factory as a panel. What it grows up to be when it leaves a panel, it can be anything from a garden home office to an extension or a house. This garden home office that's to my right now, when we leave, it hasn't got to stay as a garden home office. It hasn't even got to go back as the same shape. Yeah. Because basically what I've got is a, an eight foot by eight foot um, wall panel that's got a double door in, so I can put that yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. I've got a single window and I've got a roof that I can put on in. Everything comes down and can go away and be used as something else. Yeah. And the concept of, of selling your house, but saying, by the way, the garden room doesn't come with it because I'm taking it with <coughs> me, is extraordinary. Yeah, 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 yeah we'll have to. Yeah. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how that happens. But the other thing people listening might say, 
listen, I just don't, I don't want to, I don't want a box on the back of my house, you know, because I want individualism and I'm mm. creative and I like different designs and it's not to match with my current guttering and all that sort of stuff. These things are the, the ultimate in bespoke, aren't they? Because they can be made pretty much to any size, pretty much to any design, and, and then the individual can finish it inside and out how they like. Would that be fair? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, at the moment we're using, um, we've got the urban on the on the roof, so Katnik urban on, on the roof and on the sidewall as a cladding. We've also got um, another product that's like a, a, a timber compound, so it looks like timber, that's um, Canixel. And uh, back at the factory, we've got various different projects um, from a company, Atlas, and that is uh, cement. Right. So we can make timber out of cement. So basically, they print timber, they virtually print, and it's absolutely amazing. But not as good as steel, obviously. No, it's not as good as steel. <laughs> it's not as durable as the steel, as yeah. the, uh, you know. And um, lots of the comments we've had today, you know, um, so I've been on the stand a few hours this morning and it's been extremely busy, but a lot of the people have been coming, uh, I think you, there's obviously a lot of people looking at extensions and garden houses with house prices and so forth, but a lot of people have been coming because of the aesthetics of the building and the colour coat uh, or the Katnik urban product we've got on there has, has attracted some real attention hasn't it? Because modern society aesthetics is really important isn't it yes uh, yeah it's critical to, to some people in, in some places but when we when we designed the stand we wanted it to look like a garden home office obviously but also the shape we've, we've done it we've built it the opposite way around so the overhang is on the front instead of at the back so when you look to the side of it, it actually looks like an extension on a house. Yeah. But not only that, when you come walking down the aisles, you can see the urban on the roof, and you can also see the, um, you know, the, the solar technology on the roof too. So um, it's, it serves two purposes. Yeah, and I guess if you come back to the, the sort of steel perspective of it, you, you couldn't do this with, with any other material, could you? Not like this, no. Not, no. not the way we've done it, no, we, we wouldn't get the speed and the accuracy. Um, and not only that, if I buy a ton of steel, um, what is it, four or five inches deep, a ton of sheet steel? <laughs> if I buy a ton of timber, like I have to to build a, uh, a park home, for instance, which is something you yeah. know, that we do, um, then I'm looking at quite a substantial ton of, um, whether it be OSB, uh, board or whether it be um, you know just general timber yeah. so the difference in the size of the factory required yeah. to work with steel compared to timber and the accuracy we're working to is just amazing uh, I was going to say that you know the inherent strength of steel so it can yes. be quite thin yes um, but also um, you know it's, it's sustainability credentials play yeah. a part in that but it's engineering precision yeah. and, it, and again on the podcast it's difficult to see but if you ever get the chance to look at this stuff online on the Katnik matrix uh, online look it up and you'll see some of the the jointing components and the and the accuracy of the of the of the strip that goes along the base I can't remember what you called it now yeah. but that is precision engineering isn't it yes it's very difficult to, to, to replicate in any other material yes and I guess that brings me back Phil as we, as we kind of wrap up about you know this, this week we announced this collaboration between Katnik and uh, and yourselves in Matrix you know, what is it that Katnik brings, or Tata Steel, as a parent of Katnik, brings to this collaboration? Um, what's really excited me massively is obviously working with Katnik and Tata Steel, but to open a magazine and see katnik.matrix.tatasteeleurope.com is just amazing. 
and for somebody you know our company to be able to to be able to work with the likes of uh, Jonathan at, at Katnick is just amazing and I'm you know, I'm so looking forward to the future. I just think it's tremendous. Yeah. And it's the start of a journey. I know you've been on it yourselves for a few years already, but you've clearly already made some really important relationships. And I go back to the Swansea University example, and Dave Worsley was on our podcast a few episodes ago. He's a truly inspirational character, and the work his team is doing is, is so future-looking. You know, the, the fact that you've already uh, collaborated with them, you know, that, how important is it that industry like ours academia and then probably governments as well mm. kind of form some sort of triumvirate for things like social housing for things like construction legislation that promotes solutions like this which really really add to sustainability don't they yeah they but um they have the strength behind the ideas that people like like we have um academia thinks of so much and it covers so many things but We've covered some really, really simple things, my brother and I and my son or us back at the factory. Yeah. And and to get the, the backing off of Dave Worsley in specific and, and Tata Steel Catnick, it just makes such a difference to us to be able to give people confidence that yeah. what we've done is right. Yeah. And it's yeah, and that means so much to people. Yeah. Bill, we're gonna start wrapping it up, I think. But thanks ever so much, Ava, for okay. sort of taking us around the, the show today and the exhibition today and, and explaining your products and your systems and technology. But also thanks for a very short notice coming on a podcast like this and doing a Facebook Live. But it's been a pleasure talking to you. Definitely gonna come up to your factory and visit yes, and, please, and bring yeah. a video camera there to see exactly where it all starts. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you've been to the steel plant yet in Portugal, but if you haven't, you must have a return visit and come yeah. and see where the, where the steel will start. Okay. It's been a pleasure having you yeah. on, Phil. Yeah, thank you very much. So there we are, Phil Bagnall from Matrix there, who's partnering with Katnick today at Grand Designs Exhibition. And at completely the other end of the scale when we're talking about sustainability and decarbonisation, maybe from electric arc furnaces and blast furnaces and carbon capture. But actually, this is the sort of technology that is pulling that through. It's the, it's the customers, the end users and the, uh, and the companies in between that can create these solutions that are demanding that the whole steel supply chain is is decarbonised and has less of an impact on the on the climate and the community. So, yeah, really interesting perspective today from Phil uh, and the Catnick guys here at the Grand Designs to hear about the, the sharp end, the customer end, the consumer end of steel and sustainability, just as critical as the top end about uh, uh, how you make iron and how you make steel. So, real pleasure to talk to Phil today, and uh, we'll see you next time on Steelcast.